Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Hello and welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. And what are we talking about today, Julia? Today we are talking about the Leafy Sea Dragon. So this sea dragon has a couple of nicknames. Uh, it's also called the Glowertz Sea Dragon. Um, it's also called Leafy's. And it's actually found off the coast of South and East Australia. And we thought it was actually in a very centralized location Uh, But we've discovered that it's in multiple parts of the water, but it really isn't found anywhere off uh, the coast of anywhere else in the world. And the type of environment that these leafies like to live in is usually a very rocky, seaweed, seagrassy type environment. Uh, And we'll get into why, why that really plays into them and why they enjoy living in that type of environment. And the deepest they'll go is 30 meters or 100 feet. So they are from the surface to not very deep at all. They prefer a lot warmer water. So off the coast of Australia, it makes sense. They prefer water that's somewhere in the range of 55 to 67 degrees Fahrenheit. And it is called the leafy sea dragon. Uh, They are closely related to seahorses and pipefish. So I know people think that it is a type of seahorse, but they are a different species. They are just close relatives to them. And like we mentioned earlier, they like to live in these seaweed areas. And that's because their body represents both in color and the shape. It looks like seaweed. So, yeah, they are typically a seaweed type color. So they're generally a brown to yellowish kind of olive or a dark green coloring. Um, the deeper ones, the ones that do live deeper, do tend to get darker where there'll be a lot darker browns, uh, darker greens, even like some dark reds. So it's just consistency with the seaweed colors and the seagrass. They also possess the ability to change colors as well to help uh, blend in. So they've really adapted to that environment. That's why they like that environment so much. And then as for size, they are pretty big. So seahorses do not get very big. Seahorses are very tiny. The leafy sea dragon can get up to 14 inches long with its tail making up over half of that length. So their body shape, um, it, the body shape in general, it is looks very much uh, like a seahorse's body shape uh, with kind of uh, the curled tail. So we mentioned how its body length is almost half of its tail. Um, and that's because the tail is very long and kind of curls around inside itself. But it also does have these really cool, uh, what we call like leafy-like appendages coming out. And the only reason they have these is for the camouflage. So these leafy appendages that look a lot like flowing seaweed um, that you'll find pretty much all over their bodies. And these leafy appendages are purely for camouflage. They don't do anything else. Uh, They look like fins, but they don't do anything. The leafy sea dragons actually have tiny uh, dorsal fins that they use to project along, but they are tiny and they are almost invisible that they are so small. So you could easily miss it. And then as for other characteristics about them, they have fused jaws, which means that they don't really, they can't open their mouths or do anything like that. So we'll get into how they eat and whatnot, how they hunt, uh, so that makes a little bit more sense. 
And then another interesting thing, since we we really haven't talked much about fish, uh, so a lot of fish will have swim bladders, which are basically these organs inside their body that ha- just have air in them. And it's to help them go up and down when they want to go uh, close, closer to the surface or go deeper. And so the amount of air in their swim bladders fluctuates. So that's how they change their position vertically or uh, in the water. And another cool thing about these animals is that they actually have tiny little uh, spikes um, on their dorsal part of their spine um, that's used as protection. So, you know, obviously camouflage is their first line of defense, uh, but these spiky uh, dorsal fins, they actually are their second line of defense when uh, fish try to eat the seahorse. And then as for what the leafy sea dragon eats... So they like to eat plankton, small crustaceans, uh, so such as like mycids or sea lice. They've even been known to eat shrimp as well. So, and then as for how they eat those things, I mentioned they have a fused jaw, so it can't open. Uh, they use, their mouth is almost like a straw where they're able to uh, suck in with really great force and it's able to basically suck in and swallow these things whole. Another interesting thing about how they eat though is uh, they do not have stomachs. So they don't really process their food and it doesn't sit with them. So they're almost constantly having to eat. They have to constantly take in food because there's nothing to store the food once they eat it. It just immediately gets processed. And as for what eats these sea dragons, uh, full grown, uh, there's not really any known predators that they have. Given their size and their camouflage and the line of defense they have with the spikes on their back, fish tend to kind of just shy away and go for easier bait, basically. The uh, only known time that they're preyed upon is when they're first born and they're young sea dragons. And as for the mating of the sea dragon, uh, they're usually pretty solitary creatures that like to come together when mating. Um, And I think all of us have kind of heard about this before. So the female sea dragon will actually uh, produce her own eggs and kind of hand them off to the male. And it's during this handoff that the eggs are actually uh, fertilized. And then the male carries them himself. And unlike seahorses, we always hear about, if you have heard about, seahorses have pouches that they hold them in. Sea dragons do not have those. They have this special membrane that's on their tail that the the sea dragon eggs get tucked into. And the flesh starts really, like, soft. And as the eggs get added in, the, the skin kind of hardens around the egg to help protect and hold it. And then another interesting thing that the male sea dragon has is he has a special organ nearby that provides oxygen to the eggs while they are uh, sitting and incubating in his tail. So the male actually carries about 250 eggs at a time. Uh, So we talked about it before. They play the numbers game where they have as many kids as possible that can go out into the world um, with only, they know only a few will actually survive and grow up to adulthood. So these eggs are bright pink uh, at first, but as they develop over time, uh, about six to eight weeks with the dad, actually, they turn to a orangish purple color. And the male will actually start to, uh, the best way to describe it is pump out the eggs. Um, if you haven't seen it before, there's actually some really interesting videos of how it uh, happens. But this process takes uh, somewhere between 24 and up to even 48 hours because only a few come out at a time. So it really is a strenuous, uh, long thing that happens. And only about 5% of these eggs will actually survive. And we mentioned earlier that sea dragons are solitary creatures, and this goes for child-rearing as well. As soon as those uh, babies hatch, the parents have nothing to do with them. 
So they ha- they have these egg yolks that kind of stay attached to them after they hatch, and they're able to provide nutrients for a couple days until their jaws fully, fully form, and they're able to go hunting on their own. Then as for how long it takes to grow, uh, at about two years old is when they're fully grown and they reach sexual maturity, so it's not too long. Their total lifespan is estimated to be about seven to ten years, but there's still a lot of unknowns, and it's still up for debate. And they actually, you know, they're solitary creatures, but they do have a couple of society ties. So in winter, they'll move to deeper waters uh, when food is scarce. So they'll go to deeper waters where they can find more food. And then during late winter, they'll actually gather in shallow bays um, and form these kind of congregations where they can pair off and eventually mate. So their population, there is um, a lot of unknowns when it comes to it. They are uh, near threatened, uh, which means, you know, they're really, uh, they're not close to being endangered. Um, They're not completely, you know, safe of everything. Uh, They're kind of like right in the middle there. Um, It's unknown how much is actually left in the wild, um, just probably because they're really hard to find. I mean, even if they are only in one location and they don't go very deep, they're so well camouflaged that we really can't know how many are actually out there. And one of the biggest threats to the leafy sea dragon is uh, the pet industry and divers. So, so many divers were actually taking some and like putting them in tanks and whatnot that in the early 1990s, the Australian government put a complete protection on the species. Uh, They also suffer from pollution habitat loss, as do most creatures on this earth, as we have always talked about, uh, and especially creatures in the water. So that is another big thing that is a threat to their population. And with them, um, you know, back in the day when they actually were kind of uh, endangered and threatened, they actually have protection plans put on them uh, starting in 1987 in South Australia and then in 1995 and 1991 in Victoria and Western Australia. And in 1999, the Australian government actually put a law into effect uh, that with any kind of developmental project, the welfare of the species had to be considered. And then we don't really have a ton of fun facts on them, uh, just because a lot of the fun facts about them, we've already mentioned, we've already discussed uh, with their looks and how child rearing goes, pregnancy, all that. Uh, One of the big fun facts that I found that I I found interesting was that the leafy sea dragon is the official marine emblem of the state of South Australia. And that about wraps up what we have on the leafy sea dragon. Uh, Thanks for tuning in and listening. I hope you found it interesting. Tune in next week where we'll be talking about the house centipede. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.